Welcome back to Design Huddle. Friends, you guys know what it is. Design Huddle is a podcast for anyone and everyone that wants to level up their design skills. I'm talking to you, graphic designers, product managers, content strategists, business men and women. Design is here to solve the problems that the world is facing. So on today's episode, we will be talking about one of my all-time favorite topics, the UX design process. Of course, everyone's process looks different, but we're going to dive into what my process looks like and what the most common UX design process looks like for other designers as well. And you guys know this podcast is brought to you by myself, Ryan Warner. I'm a UX designer. And Brendan Gross, a UX designer and product strategist that works for Fortune 500 companies. With So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode of Design Huddle. All right, guys. So today, pretty simple topic. I'm solo. I miss you, Brendan. Uh, but I think this is a topic that everyone can relate to. So we're going to talk about UX design process. So I think of UX design in five major categories. Uh, these are also very similar to a design sprint. If you're familiar with a design sprint, Jake Knapp wrote a book called Sprint. Um, our friends at AJ and Smart are always talking about uh, the book and the process. So if you want more information, I highly recommend checking out the AJ and Smart uh, YouTube channel, they cover this topic really, really well. So, but today I'm going to focus on the UX design process. So I think of it as five steps. Number one is discover. The second step is define. Third step is ideate. Fourth step, prototype. And the fifth step, step is to evaluate. So let's jump into the first step, discover. How do you get insights to better define the problem? So anytime a good UXer's number one job is to set the scene and understand what the problem is. Your job is to bring in fresh perspective and hopefully get a lot of different perspectives, cross-functional teams, all on the same page. It's a very difficult job. You are the hub of the wheel that is going to churn and make this problem go away. So during the discover, what do you need? Well, first, three major parts. You need stakeholders. You need some data and you need some user research. So stakeholders. Um, when you're when you're thinking about building a product, stakeholders are really really important. What do they want? Who are you designing it for? You know why are you designing it? What is the actual business goal? Who are your competitors? What are the metrics you care about? Is there any technical limitations? These are things that you really want to have a clear idea of before diving in to the actual design process. The second part of this is you want to supplement your stakeholders' feedback by data. You know, you want to get some internal data, some competitive analysis. You can look at um, also expert evaluations. So, like you know, companies like Forrester that are doing reports on particular industries. You really want to have a good grasp of where your company or customer is sitting in a particular industry. And the third piece is user research. So you want to interview users. You can use surveys, focus groups. There's a ton of different ways to get feedback. 
But let's be real. If you don't talk to users, you're probably not going to end up with good results. The number one thing that designers should do is take a breath, take five minutes, sit down with a handful of users and really understand what you're trying to, what are their goals and what they ultimately hope to get from the product that you are designing. So after the discover, you shift into the define phase. Define phase equally as important. This is where you get into having a clear view of the problem and the goal and the users. So defining what is the product's problem, goal, and users. So understanding the users, a lot of different ways to do this. A lot of the most common, one of the most common ways is creating personas. You can do an empathy map. You can do a user journey. You can storyboard. You can create user stories. You want to basically put yourself in your user's shoes and represent them when they're going through this experience. So, you know, one way to do this is by talking to users. The other is by, you know, creating generalizations of who you think your users are. And the other thing is you want to redefine the problem. You know, you want to like, you know, insight prioritization. You can do affinity maps. You really want to like, I highly recommend like, you know, getting all of your assumptions down on sticky notes so everyone can kind of get their assumptions out there. You want to have a clear problem statement, a value proposition, which is we've talked about before. What do you, what does this product do better than everyone else? Then you could also use the how might we, which is an integral part of the design sprint process. So an example of like a how might we is, you know, like how might we improve uh, or how might we like reduce users bouncing from the checkout, uh, you know, the checkout, the start of the checkout process. Um, So one of the options might be using stuff like autofill. You don't want to get into the solutions. You want to get into how might we solve, you know, a potential, you know, uh, problem or feature or something that ultimately is going to make the product better. So once you have the, you know, a clear, you understand the problem, you understand the goal and you understand who your users are. Now you can move to the phase where you can, you know, ideate. And really what you're trying to do here is find a solution to the problems with insights. You can do this with a lot of different ways you can do, you know, workshops, like, you know, basically doing some brainstorming. You can do crazy eights, which is like a, you know, a rapid, it, like, so if you're building a mobile app, you could create basically quick sketches, um, you know, basically one sketch per minute uh, for eight minutes that ultimately will create ideas and concepts that you could potentially throw out there. Uh, you can use benchmarking, you can use card sorting. There's a lot of different ways, but Workshops is a good way. Bring some cross-functional stakeholders on one room to throw out ideas. And basically, you can um, vote in, on the pros and cons of different options. Uh, some other things you can do like during the, you know, the ideation process is you can storyboard. Again, you can do user flows. You can do an information architecture of how you think the user journey should look. I highly recommend doing this. So starting from like, if you're an e-com site, start from your landing page. From the landing page, how does a user go? What do they do next? Well, you know, they probably click on a product category, like men's shoes. And then from product category, they might go to product details. So like I want, you know, Air Force Ones. Then from Air Force Ones, you go to add to cart. So what is, and then from the, 
you know, from the add to cart screen, what does the checkout process look like? What does the confirmation email look like? You want to go from the entire process end to end. And all it needs to be is a sticky, right? Landing page, sticky number one. Sticky number two is, you know, you want to go to the product category page. So you're not getting into the details here. You're talking very, very high level to begin to ensure that the journey is clear, simple, and concise. So I highly recommend doing user flows as a way to do this. So after you kind of ideate and you kind of land on some good ideas, some good concepts, sometimes a lot of stuff that comes out of this phase are features you want to use things like push notifications or you want to use, um, you know, um, better value props on landing pages or a more clear call to action button or better copy on your, on your landing page. There's a lot of different ways you can ideate, but the number one thing is to hear from a broad range of cross-functional people and teams to come up with what ideas you want to focus on. The next phase is you want to start prototyping. You want to build and test the ideas, the best ideas that came out from the previous stage. Make mistakes quickly. If you don't think it's a good idea, move on to the next one. No idea is a bad idea. The whole purpose of being a good UX designer is casting a wide net and then defining it and narrowing it as you go through this process. So there's a lot of different ways you can do this. The easiest, scrappy, quick and dirty way to do it is a paper prototype, hand draw it, you know, literally get a pen, Sharpie, whatever you need, start to kind of, you know, map out what it'll look like. You can do things. And I highly, I actually don't recommend using colors. You want to keep it as simple as possible and try to make it so anybody can understand. The next is you can actually do from, you know, from paper prototypes, you can upgrade to wireframes, wireframes, You know, I use the tool called Balsamic where you can do black and white screens. Obviously, you can do this on a like, and these are now we're moving from paper, so something physical to digital interfaces. You can do detailed user flows, instructions. You can really start to get into what the actual flow will look like and you can have a better feel for the layout and organization. So it gets a little bit more into the UI from, it's a little bit obviously more high fidelity than the paper prototype. And then lastly, from wireframes, you can convert it into a high-fi prototype, high-fidelity prototype, which means you can do some UI research. These are clean mocks typically done in Sketch or Photoshop. Um, you can make an interactive you know, prototype using stuff like Figma or like Webflow. And then you can also talk about some you know, micro interactions. From prototyping, what your goal next is to like evaluate. Is this actually a good solution to the problem? Does this solution answer the problem that we addressed during the first phase of our UX process? And there's a few ways to do this. You can do usability tests, right? Where you shadow users and you get feedback. You can you know get an expert evaluation from other UXers and other teams. You can do A-B testing where you have... Um, A-B testing is a really good way to do this where you have one option and another option, but you're only changing small variants. A good example of an A-B test is that you have identical landing pages, but then you change the call to action button or the main button. You're trying to get a user to click from one color to another color. So maybe it's blue and green and the blue button ends up converting higher. So that's the one that you would end up passing along and using in your production environment. From usability tests, you're going into synthesizing. Synthesizing is really like a results analysis. You can use 
a ton of different data points. You can use, you know, web analytics tools, but really what you're trying to see is that, is this tool meeting the goals that we set out in the beginning? Another, you know, buzzword that people throw out is a KPI, a key performance indicator. So common key performance indicators for websites are things like conversion rate. How many users are coming on the site and actually buying my product or service? Um, a conversion can also be something that's not, you know, monetary, like signing up for our newsletter. Like that could be considered a conversion. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's tied to, um, you know, having a monetary value. So um, really, really important here is that KPIs, other web analytics that people care about are, are things that you should be thinking about are bounce rate. How many users are leaving your site? Are you getting more return users? That's another important metric. Page views time on site. Um, you can look at micro conversions such as uh, social shares. So how many people are sharing it on like Twitter, for example? Um, how many people are signing up for your newsletter? Um, it doesn't matter what goals you care about. You just need to stick to a handful, set them up front, and then monitor them on an ongoing basis to ensure that the design is meeting the goals that you set out in the first place. A UX designer's job is to be a guide. You need to guide a lot of different perspectives, keep everyone on task. And remember the, the number one thing of a good UX designer is remembering the core goal for why you're doing this. What is the goal of the product we are creating? So being, you know, thinking about a high level mission or, you know, the, the, the end user, that's why personas are so important, really helps guide the conversation and keep everyone on task. Another like kind of quick tip for going whenever you go through your UX design process, whether it's individual or with a small group or you know a huge a huge team, is to try to keep everyone on task and moving quickly. It's very easy to go down rabbit holes. A good UX designer is keeping everyone moving forward closer to the end goal, which is to get a prototype, you know, influence the product roadmap. So you know, rolling out some features or building it from scratch, launching it and then evaluating it. And then obviously the second you're done evaluating it, you wanna go back to the drawing board because design is never done. So that's it. That's a general overview of a standard UX design process. Um, I highly recommend, like I'd love to hear from other people if like this resonates with you. This is just one example. I think a lot of people could follow similar flows. A lot of UX designers follow that. I think that's pretty classic. Um, I would say mine's a slightly different than this, but I just wanted to give a general overview of like what I think a good UX design process looks like. So yeah, that's it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you got a lot of value from it. If you do, please share this podcast with at least one friend. That would be amazing. Um, if not, follow Brendan and myself on Instagram. Check us out on Twitter. But thank you guys so much for being a part of the Design Huddle community. And we will. Catch you on the next one. Enjoy your days, my design friends. Design Huddle is a podcast that is hosted by Ryan Warner and Brennan Gross. The opinions stated here are our own and not those of our company. Thank you for tuning in and please feel free to share this episode.